0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, February 3rd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Can Democrats expand rule appeal? Kenyan president arrives amid trade speculation and differing messages on glyphosate. Iowa caucuses kick off the primary season. All eyes are on Iowa today as the 2020 presidential primary season begins with the state's caucuses. Former Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, who served Two terms, as governor there, has been urging candidates to spend time with rural voters in Iowa in hopes of winning back critical Midwestern states in November. Not just Iowa, but also Wisconsin and Michigan. Vilsack, who is backing former Vice President Joe Biden, tells AgriPulse Democrats need to hold down GOP margins in rural districts, something former President Barack Obama did in his winning campaigns. Vilsack said for Democrats to win, they can't simply win on heavy turnout in urban cities. They have to squeeze the margins that Republicans have enjoyed in rural and small communities. Keep in mind, no candidate has more to lose than Senate Agriculture Committee member Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. She's been campaigning hard in Iowa as the moderate who can expand her party's appeal in swing states. But as of yesterday, real clear politics average of polls has Senator Bernie Sanders leading at 24.7%, followed by Biden at 21%, Klobuchar's in fifth at 8.3%. By the way, Vilsack says he's concerned the media will put too much emphasis on turnout at the caucuses for each candidate rather than the ultimate count of delegates that are awarded. Sanders is looking for a big turnout of his progressive supporters, while Biden's base is composed of more reliable Democratic voters. Kenyan president looks to talk trade with Washington. Kenyan president Uhuru Kenyatta will be in Washington this week, reportedly to talk about a possible trade deal. According to Bloomberg News, confirmed by Kenyan officials, Kenya will be named as the first sub-Saharan nation to negotiate a bilateral trade agreement with the U.S. Trump administration officials have long said they're looking at an African nation as potential partners in a free trade agreement and that Kenya was on the list of nations being considered. For more on what will happen in the nation's capital this week, including a preview of the President's State of the Union address, read AgriPulse Washington week ahead. Mixed messages on glyphosate? When EPA announced that it was reaffirming the safety of glyphosate herbicide, the agency described its findings with two different phrases. In one format, the agency said the widely used weed killer is not a carcinogen. In another format, the agency said the product is, quote, not likely to be carcinogenic. So which is it? The first descriptor was contained in an announcement from EPA's Office of Chemical Safety and Pollution Prevention about its interim registration review decision for the chemical, the active ingredient, and the herbicide roundup. That description, not a carcinogen, quickly made its way to headlines and news stories. But the actual language in the decision itself is more nuanced, saying glyphosate is, quote, not likely to be carcinogenic, which is in line with the agency's cancer classification. There is no category for not carcinogenic. Asked why there were two different descriptions. An EPA spokesperson said, the glyphosate interim decision uses the cancer classification descriptors, which in the case of glyphosate is not likely to be a carcinogen. This means that there is a robust set of available data for deciding that there is no basis for cancer concerns. Another view? Jennifer Sass, a scientist with the Natural Resources Defense Council, said, We just don't understand carcinogenicity well enough to unequivocally conclude a substance is not a carcinogen. Also in the document, EPA says it's still working on a response to a petition filed by the Environmental Working Group and several organic food companies to lower the glyphosate tolerance in oats from 30 parts per million to one-tenth part per million and to explicitly prohibit the use of glyphosate as a pre-harvest desiccant. EPA expects to have a response later this year. On mediation front, another roundup trial has been delayed, this one in California, so mediation discussions between Bayer and plaintiff's attorneys can continue. A different trial, the first scheduled for the state court in Missouri, was delayed last month for the same reason. Now, don't miss this week's AgriPulse open mic interview with Heath Tarbert. He is chair of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, recently advancing new position limit rules designed to benefit agriculture traders. Australian wheat, sorghum, and rice growers continue to suffer. Australia's wheat, sorghum, and rice production are, again, suffering from drought with crops that are the smallest in years that according to a new analysis from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service the forecast for the Australian wheat production for the 1920 marketing year has been dropped to 50 million metric tons that is a 2.3 million ton decline from 1819 the smallest crop since 0708 The situation is even more dire for rice and sorghum farmers. The crops for those grains are the smallest they've been in decades, according to FAS. Australian wheat, sorghum, and rice growers continue to suffer. Australian wheat, sorghum, and rice producers again suffering from drought with crops that are the smallest in years. That according to a new analysis from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. The forecast for the Australian wheat production for nineteen twenty marketing year has been dropped now to fifteen million metric tons. That's a two point three million ton decline from eighteen nineteen, the smallest crop since two thousand seven and eight. The situation is even more dire for rice and sorghum farmers. The crops for those grains are the smallest they've been in decades, according to FAS. For sorghum, continued drought in the key growing area and a severe lack of soil moisture throughout nearly all of the planting season has cut area, the agency said in the report. For rice, very high water prices have eliminated many farmers' incentive to grow rice. Administration to highlight drug crisis in Missouri. Administration officials are planning to take their newly launched action guide, Helping Rural Communities Combat Drug Addiction, to farm country next month. Ann Hazlett, Senior Advisor for Rural Affairs at the Office of National Drug Control Policy, says there will be a roundtable in Missouri at some point in February. While the rest of the country in 2018 saw a drop in overdose deaths, Missouri has seen an increase, she said. It's going to be a great place to begin a conversation about the tool, Hazlett said. The tool was developed by government and rural stakeholders to help treat and prevent drug addiction in local communities all across the country. Here's today's He Said It. Director, my confidence was boosted when I saw you walk up in boots. That's a big deal out in farm country. That's American Farm Bureau Federation Dale Moore at a White House event on Friday. Referring to Jim Carroll, Director of the Office of National Drug Control Policy. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, February 3rd. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.